Thank you for joining us at Living Water Community Church's podcast. We're glad that you're here. We want you to know at Living Water that God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you way too much to leave you there. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. If you guys were here last week, we, uh, we talked about this, um, this message in Galatians 5 of walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit, and we discussed what it meant to walk by the Spirit. And how if we can stay close to the Spirit, then what's going to inevitably end up happening is we'll start living like the Spirit. And we'll start serving like the Spirit. And we'll start praying like the Spirit. And we'll start loving like the Spirit. If we can just stay close to the Spirit, and not just for an hour on Sundays, but for all of our week. How, how if we can just stay close to Him, then our lives would be changed. And today, I want to look at the second half of, of this message in Galatians 5, um, where, where there's a very stern, very strong, very deep, very bold contrast between what the Scriptures call acts of the flesh or works of the flesh. And fruit of the Spirit. And I want to dive into it today. Um, and I want to read these scriptures. So if you will, go with me to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 19 today. Galatians 5 verse 19. So if you're getting there, Galatians 5, starting in verse 19. It should be on the screen. So I'm going to pray really quick and let's dive right in. God, thank you for today. Thank you for worship. God, I thank you for being able to audibly hear your church Praise you this morning. God, I pray that we would always have such a spirit of praise among us, that wherever we are, not just on Sundays, but everywhere we go, God, that we would worship your name. And God, I pray today as we hear your word, that God, you would speak through me, that you would use me, and God, that we would receive your word today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to tell you guys really quick, we're in Galatians 5.19, but before we start, I wanted to give you a quick update on Riker. I messaged his mom this morning and said, hey, can you give me an update that I can share with the church? It's been a couple of weeks. And so what she said is that um, his blood pressure meds and heart meds are, are given at all hours of the day and night, so they're sleeping a little bit less, so they said pray for some rest. Um, but they, um, they're currently in a four-week quarantine just because he had his surgery and they don't want him catching anything. Uh, but basically they said that other than that, everything is healing really well, he's doing really well, they're just kind of lacking some sleep right now, so pray for them to get some rest. Um, but they said thank you for all the prayers and the continued prayers that they appreciate. So I, wanted, I told her I would share that with you guys, um, so there we go. So Galatians 5, 19, here we go, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, this is a bad list, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a harsh start to today's message, right? That is a nasty list of things to, to be doing. That is a nasty list. But the scripture calls these things the acts of the flesh. And then it goes on to say, if we keep reading in, in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. When you read this scripture, those are two very contrasting sets of, of um, actions. Contrasting sets of behaviors, sets of morals. There is one list that you look at and say, wow, that is pretty rough. And then there's another list that you look at and say, wow, that is pretty tough. Because what happens is, is the scripture here is laying out the differences between our flesh and the spirit. And last week we, we looked at the importance of walking by the spirit, staying close to the spirit, living like the spirit. And as it goes on this week, it goes from just kind of generally last week to giving actual tangible examples of what it looks like to live by the spirit. And so I want to notice, I want to first off, if you didn't notice, like you want to listen, but there's a strong contrast, right? There's one that's full of very bad stuff, and there's one that's full of good stuff. And, and so the first thing that I, want to, that I want to notice, and I want you to notice, is that there are two different sources that are at play here. The first source of the first group is the flesh. That's the source of, of where these actions come from, is the flesh. The flesh, how I many of you guys know the flesh depends on its own strength to complete works? We try to do things. If I can, if I can, if I can, if I can, and we're depending on ourselves, but not only is it self-sourced, but it's self-centered. Courtney told me yesterday, and I'm not going to give you the situation, but she said, just so you just so you know, sometimes you are a very self-centered person. And I'm like, that's kind of harsh. But you know, in the flesh. That's who I am. In the flesh, you all too. Don't act like you're a holy person. We're self-centered. In the flesh, that's who we are. And the source of all of these acts all come back to how are they pleasing self? How can I please self? How can I do things that make life better for me? And what I'm afraid that a lot of times we don't realize is that the things that make life better for us, the things that we think are going to comfort us, are going to fulfill us, are going to complete us, are going to satisfy us, not always, but especially with this list, they are in exact or direct rebellion of how God calls us to live. And I said last week, and I want to say it again because maybe you forgot it or maybe you don't know, but I'm, I'm far too afraid that we've become way too comfortable sinning by using, the, by using the excuses of grace. I, I, I'm so concerned that the church knows how good God's grace is, knows about this amazing grace, knows about His grace and mercy, knows about His forgiving power, and we become far too comfortable living a life full of sin and then saying, Jesus, forgive me on Sundays. And, and in this scripture here, we can see that all of these acts out of the flesh are just that, I mean, this is, like, this is a list, guys. This is a bad list of things when you pile them all together. And it begins talking about all of these different things. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. I mean, the list goes on. Envy, murders, drunkenness. All of these things are focused on me. And as humans, whether you think you're a selfless person or not, at the end of the day, we want me to be good. We're trying our very best to make me the best that I can be. 
And there's not necessarily anything wrong with bettering yourself. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm saying is that we have to be careful that the things that we think are bettering ourselves are not different than what God is saying better us. A couple weeks ago, if you remember what happened, the guys come up and line up in a line, and I said that the only reason that this side of the line was the front was because I called it the front. And, and I think that a lot of us are, are, are calling things better, and God is saying that's not better. We're calling, uh, again, we're calling all these things success, and God is saying that's not success. And they're not always bad things. Can I tell you one of my worst things as, as a youth pastor, and still even today, if I'm going to be just humble and transparent and honest with you, one of my worst things, one of the things that I deem as success, and I'm learning to get through this, is seeing a crop, is seeing more people. And God is having to teach me, hey, just because there's not a lot of people or just because there is a lot of people doesn't make that service a success or a failure. You see, you don't get to control if the service is a success or a failure. That's only God. And whether there's five people or whether there's 5,000 people, if God shows up, it can be a success. And, and, and I'm having to learn that, if I'm being honest with you, that, that sometimes what we call better is not actually better. And in the scripture, it's talking about things that we desire out of our heart, out of our flesh, things that we think are good for us, things that we think are going to improve us or make us better. And when in reality, it goes on to say the exact opposite. The flesh does not have the power to produce righteousness, love, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The flesh cannot produce these things, nor does it intend to produce these things. It was never designed to produce these things. As a human, we are full of sin. As a human, you were born a sinner. As a human, from the very beginning, your flesh had flaws. From the very start, whether you put on all the makeup or whether you wear all the right clothes or whether you work out 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, your flesh has flaws. Externally, internally, every other way that you can think of, it has flaws. We are flawed beings in the flesh. But I love the fact that that's not where our story ends. We're, we don't just stop at being flesh, you see. If, if we come to know Christ, then we have a life in the Spirit. And our life in the Spirit has, has, been, has been remade, has been recreated through the blood of Christ. And when His blood comes over us, then our spirit can stay close to Him. Our spirit can stay close. So, so the source of the first group is the flesh. It's all these bad things. But the source of the second group is the spirit. The spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of love is the source of the second group. And the spirit works through God's strength to complete a task. You see, what, what does that look like in your life? It looks like not just me trying to achieve my goals, but me asking God, how can I achieve this goal in a way that's going to glorify you? How can I take this goal that I have, this goal that you put in my mind, this dream that you have for me, how can I take that and glorify you? It's, it would be with the Spirit working through us. What we've got to understand is that not only is the Spirit greater than me, but the Spirit exists outside of me and inside of me and all around me. And every single thing that we do, the Spirit is not only God's source, it is not only selfless, but it is determined to lift up the name of Jesus everywhere it goes. The question we have to ask is which source are we plugging into? Because it's impossible to plug into source A and expect the power from source B. It's impossible to plug into source flesh and expect to get the power of source spirit. 
It's impossible to plug into source worldly and expect to live a life of source godly. And, and what I'm afraid is happening is that we're trying to switch outlets. We're trying to have both outlets. Trying to say, okay, let me, let me have this outlet on Friday night. And then I'll unplug and go back to this outlet, this source, on Sunday morning. And if it's a really good service, I might stay in this source until like Tuesday, maybe Wednesday if it goes really crazy. And then I want to get back into this source. And what's happening is when we switch sources back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, it's exhausting. It's exhausting living this double life. It's exhausting living a life that says, I'm one person Monday through Saturday, but on Sunday, hallelujah, glory to God, let's sing and cry our eyes out. It's exhausting to switch from source to source to source to source. So my question is, which source are we connected to? And I don't mean right now. Because like I said last week, I think that that one hour on Sunday mornings, I don't think that you come to church and say, man, I want to see how I can make my worst of the week on Sunday at about 10.35. Nobody does that while we're at church. Nobody's looking at church and saying, I want to plug into my worldly source during service. We're all plugged in right now. But the question is, what, what happens when we leave today? What happens when, when, you, when your boss tells you that you, you uh, have to work overtime the rest of this week on Tuesday? What happens when you lose your job on Thursday? What happens when the bill can't be paid on Friday? Then what source are we plugged into? Because it's easy, guys. It's easy to plug into this source right now. I lost the source. How many kids we got a source? <laughs> what is that? It matters. Keep going. It's easy to plug into. This is ironic. This is very ironic. This is, ironic. <laughs> this is extremely ironic. <laughs> And losing a battery. Um, but it, it's crazy that we try to plug in those source here, source here, source here, and switch all the time. And God is saying, if you will just stay plugged into the Spirit, then it will be so much greater for you. So which source would we plug into? Secondly, there are two very different, not only sources, but different processes. Different processes that are evident. Paul describes the first group as works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. How many of you guys work all the time? I asked John for I said, you don't know what the word rest means. He said, no, I really don't. We work all of the time. Whether it's to get the promotion, to get the pay raise, to get the better job, to get the better car, to get the better house, to get the better body, to get the better whatever. We're constantly working and working and working. And Paul is saying, as we begin to work, it says the works of the flesh. So that's plenty. And it speaks of a number of different things that are going on at the same exact time. And this is a battery replacement that's going to happen, I believe. This is work right here. This, this is work spirit. Give Joel a hand. Hallelujah, the source. I'll put it in the right source. Hallelujah. Anyways, a little bit hot now. <laughs> I'm too plugged in. Yeah, we're power guys. I'm plugged in. No, I'm just kidding. So, so there's two different processes happening here. There's, there's the works of the flesh. And, and I love that it's plural because have you ever noticed that in life when we get working, it's hard to find a stopping point? We work, and we work, and we work, 
and we work and eventually our stopping point is not that the job's completed, it's that we can't do anymore. We're exhausted. We are absolutely exhausted. And I think the same thing is true in our own Christian life is that if we're living a life that's trying to work to achieve a status with God, we're going to work and 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 we're going to try to and we're going to try to and we're going to try to and eventually we just become exhausted. And we say, I can't measure up. I can't make a habit of reading my Bible. I can't make a habit of reading daily. I can't make it to church every week. I'm trying, but I keep failing. It's because we were never designed to achieve those things on our own. It's because we were never designed to achieve all of those things on our own. But, but this, all of these things that, that I'm reading, again, in these scriptures, the, the adultery, uncleanliness, idolatry, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, heresies, all of these things sound like chaos to me. It's not like chaos. We're trying, we're doing all these different things, these chaos, this, this chaos is surrounding us, and it's this self-generated, uncontrolled, unorganized mess that we end up living of our life, and then we look back and say, I really messed up there. Well, I really dropped the ball there. I know just about everybody can probably look back on a scenario in their life and say, yep, that is not how I should have handled that. Yep, I, I really messed that one up. Maybe you haven't, I don't have plenty of times. But, but we look at these things and, and these works are disconnected from the heart. They're disconnected from the heart of, of, of love and of human gratitude because what happens is we're trying to achieve, 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 and we don't care who gets in our way. We're going to our goal. We're going to achieve. We're going to, we're going to do these actions. We're going to live this way. There's a different process. And then Paul goes on to describe this second word. I love this. My favorite part of the message that he describes is maybe you've never even noticed this. He describes it as fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits. Singular. The fruit of the Spirit. Meaning a couple of different things. Meaning that the fruit of the Spirit is an example, is a, is a, a metaphor, is a way to show that if we live by these things, here comes the uh-oh for you. If we live by these things, we should live in unity. If we live by these fruit of the Spirit, we should live in unity with one another. Meaning that all the things up here that talks about outbursts of wrath, jealousy, selfish ambitions, heresies, murder, drunkenness, all of these things. You see, when we're living in those things, what happens is we're, we're disconnected from God. We're disconnected from other people. And there's no unity anywhere around. But the fruit, singular, of the Spirit shows that there's order there. The other thing that it being a singular word shows me is that we can't pick and choose which ones we want to do. We can't say, ah, let me, let me look at this list. Love, I can do that. Joy, I'm not really a happy person. Let me pick joy to the side. Peace, you better keep the peace or there's going to be, I'm going to put you in pieces. You know, like, we can't just pick and choose. Which ones we want? Long suffering? No, I hate suffering. I hate things that are long. Forget that one. <laughs> Kindness? Be kind to me. Treat others? No. We, we can't, what I'm getting at, we can't just pick and choose which ones we want to do. The Bible says that it's the fruit of the Spirit. Meaning, it's a take it or leave it kind of thing. We can't just pick and say, I'm a kind person. I'm not a happy person. I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. We can't pick and choose. Which ones of these we want to do? But what happens in the church is we say, oh, we need to love everybody. We can love. We need to be joyful. At least on Sundays. We need to have peace. 
unless, uh-oh, unless they go to we, we need to have long suffering until I get sick of saying, God, when are you going to answer my prayers? We, 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 uh, let's see what, we need to be kind. Unless they believe differently than me, then it is what it is. We, we need to, uh, uh, we need to be good to people. Yeah, but they're not good to me. You're not a second grader. Grow up. Okay, like, come on. We, we can be good to people that are bad to us. That's, I know it's hard for some of us to believe, but they don't have to smile and say, I love you, for you to say smile and I love you right back. A lot of us have, have gotten to a point to where we're 30, 40, 50 years old, but we're living a spiritual life of a second grader. And say, well, mommy, he did it first. That's right. And it's, grow up. Grow up. Jesus, you saw, he said it first. I was just saying it back. It's like, come on. We can do these things, guys. When we learn that the fruit is a take it or leave it kind of thing, it's not I get to pick and choose which ones are comfortable in my life. But if we are going to be believers of Christ, if we're going to walk by the Spirit, this is what should be evident in our life. If we are going to walk by the Spirit, if we're going to proclaim, I am a Christ follower, I am a Christian, then your life should be full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what we should be seeing in our lives. That's what we should be seeing in our churches. That's what we should be seeing in our marriages. That's what we should be seeing in our relationships with co-workers. That is the fruit that should be evident in your life and in my life. And I also love the fact that he calls it fruit. Because what, what happens with fruit is that there's a process. There's a process of growing this thing. And so I'm here to tell you today that if you look at this list, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not really good at that one. That's, that's an okay place to be. Now, now, if you're saying, I can't do that one, that's good. But if you're saying, I'm not really good, I'm trying, I'm just not good at that one yet. One of the things about fruit is that, that fruit also comes from a long-suffering type of process. Nobody says, hey, let me uh, take an apple seed and tomorrow here's an apple. There's a process that has to go through. It requires intimate connection with sunlight, with soil, with water, with all of these different things to eventually form a vine, form a branch, form a fruit. And so what I'm telling you today is that if you're not seeing all of this fruit in your life just yet, that does not mean that you're failing. It just means keep on going. The process is still happening. Some of us have been saved for six months, for a year, and maybe you're like, I don't know all of this fruit, and I'm not seeing it in my life. Just keep going. It's a process. It's a process. Just keep going. Very rarely are you going to say, I'm saved, and the next day every single fruit is going to be evident in your life. Amen. It's a process. What we've got to learn is that, yes, God can save us instantly, but God sanctifying us takes a process. Is that he can save you this morning, but you not you might not be sanctified for another year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. And, and what happens is we begin to get discouraged and say, well, I'm not seeing the fruit yet, so I'm going to quit. And so I just want to encourage somebody today that even if you're not seeing the fruit yet, keep going. Even if you're not seeing that fruit come up yet, keep going. Just keep serving. Just keep loving. Just keep being gentle and having joy and peace and long-suffering because it's going to show. It's going to happen. Fruit doesn't grow overnight. It's a process. In the same manner, the qualities of these fruit in your life aren't going to happen overnight most likely. It's going to be a process, so keep 
going, what happens? How, how do we get the fruit to be evident? Is we make a conscious decision every single day to try to live in the fruit. We make a conscious decision every single day to try and walk in the fruit. We don't say on Sunday, let me get all my fruit in the basket and let it carry me for the next week. No, Monday we go back for some more fruit. And Tuesday we go back for some more fruit. And then on Wednesday, we grab for some more fruit. And Thursday, more fruit. And we've got to understand, guys, if we could begin to understand that Christianity on all levels is so much more than what happens in this building on Sunday morning, then we could see our lives begin to change. If we could begin to understand, let's, let's go back to the two different sources. Let's use the source analogy again. Imagine if the only time that you charged your phone was on Sunday morning. It's not going to last. It might not last me until Sunday evening, okay? According to you, I'm on it way too much. I know it's a problem. I'm working on it, okay? But, but it, mine was not last me that long. Yours wouldn't either, okay? Eventually, your Facebook scrolls, your Instagram scrolls, your whatever you do on your phone is going to drain the battery dead. But for some reason, we've convinced ourselves that I can plug up for an hour on Sunday morning and my Christian life is going to be charged enough to take me the whole week. We've somehow convinced myself that I can I can stockpile them. I'm grabbing like crazy on Sunday morning. Give me the fruit, give me the fruit, give me the fruit, give me the fruit, give me the fruit. And we're like putting it in our pockets and in our jacket. They're trying to hold on to it for the rest of the week. And before you even get to that fruit on Friday, it's already rotten. Because we need some fresh fruit. We need the fresh fruit. Some of you guys are trying to hold on to your fruit from 1997. Some of us are trying to hold on to the fruit from the day we got saved. Some of us are still carrying the fruit in our pocket from the day that we got baptized, from the day that we rededicated our life to the Lord. And what's happening is that fruit is old at this point. That fruit is spoiled. Jesus is saying, I've got some fresh fruit for you today. I've got some fruit that you can hold on to. And, and this scripture is hard because it calls us to live a certain way. It calls us to live a life full of things that maybe a lot of days we don't want to do. It calls us to live a life of some things that maybe aren't comfortable for us. Now, me, I, I'm a full-blown, 170% extrovert. I can talk to anybody, anywhere, at any time, any given moment. I don't care. Courtney is not. And so there will be times when I'll say, hey, let's do this this week. Let's hang out with that person. Let's do this. Let's do that. And she will say, my social battery is dead for the week. I like, go, we've done enough. Can we just not do anymore? Some of these things are uncomfortable if we don't really love being an extroverted person. It's, it's kind of odd to, to just love somebody that you don't really know. It's kind of odd to be joyful to the person in the drive-thru line. It's kind of odd to, to show gentleness to the little guy who messed up your Starbucks work. It's kind of odd to, to show self-control when you order a cheesecake and it's hard not to eat the thing all weekend. That was us this weekend. It's kind of hard to do these things because they're not necessarily who we're designed to be in the flesh. And so we've got all these different processes, two different processes working on us. One that's, that's of the flesh and one that's of the spirit. And again, we've got to ask ourselves, which process are we plugging into? Which one are we living in? And I love I love this scripture because it, it kind of very strongly says you're either in this room or you're in this room. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. The works of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. And 
I think it's interesting that according, according to, to Paul, as people who are walking by the Spirit, we have some attributes in our life that should be present. We have some things that if we're proclaiming, I walk by the Spirit, the Spirit is close to me, not just on Sunday, day. you said it last week, I kept Him all week this week with me, I walk by the Spirit every single day, He's close to me, then there's some attributes that we should be seeing in our life. And, and this is a... Um, a challenging scripture to hear for some of you, but the thing that, that I've come to understand the more that I study, the more that I read, is that it's very easy to take hold of scripture that makes us feel good. But I think we would all agree it's a little bit harder to take hold of scripture that asks us to live good. It's easy to take hold of the scripture that says, for I know the plans I have for you. It's easy to take hold of, well, God so loved the whole world. It's easy to take hold of, to trust in the Lord. It's easy to take hold of those things, but can we take hold of the scripture that asks us to live a certain way? Can we take hold of the scripture that asks us to live good, not just the ones that make us feel good? Because what I'm afraid is happening is that far too many Christians are holding on to the scriptures that make us feel good, and hallelujah, Jesus loves me, His grace and His mercy is full of me, and we're throwing back to the curb the ones that ask us to live. And, and we're living a life that's full of an emotional connection to this guy on Sunday mornings without a discipline of life Monday through Saturday. And again, it goes back to the fact that we've become way too comfortable sinning with the excuse of God's grace. And so I want to challenge you, I just want to encourage you that when we read this scripture, when we hear this word of God, when we hear these two different categories, the works of the flesh, and the fruit of the Spirit. I would encourage you, I would challenge you, that this week, learn to take hold of the Scriptures, not only that make you feel good, but the ones that ask you to live. Take hold of God's Word, not just when it makes you feel better, but when it asks you to do better. Take hold of God's Word, not just when it makes you say hallelujah, but when it makes you say, oh me. Take hold of God's word even when it makes you maybe not feel like the most joyful person in the world because there are times in our life where we need to be convicted. There are times in our life where we are living in a certain lifestyle and we need God to convict us, whether it's through scripture, through a message, through a word from somebody, whatever it might be. When we live a life in Christ, unless you're perfect, and there hasn't been many of them, there's going to be some times when we need to be convicted. And this scripture is one of those times because I believe that it lays out pretty clearly. If you are, if you are X, Y, and Z, those are works of the flesh. If you are A, B, and C, those are from the Spirit. So which one are you? Again, it's pretty clear here. It's pretty clear. And so I just want to challenge you today that to look at this list. Again, let me read it one more time. In 19, I promise I'm closing up and they can come up if they're ready. But it says that, that the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, this is bad, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries. If we look at that list and we're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> you know, you got to hide your hand on that one. If we look at that list, the scripture is clear because it goes on to say, in verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So if we are Christ's, if we say we are a Christian, if we say I have surrendered my life to Christ, I have given Him my heart, if we say that, then this scripture in verse 24 says that we have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. And for some of us, we've taken that verse and we've said that when I got saved, I crucified that and it's gone. But what I've come to learn, and what probably some people in this room that are a lot wiser than me can also tell you, is that that crucifixion is not a one-time thing. We don't crucify our passions one time and they never come back up. That would be great if we could do that. But what happens is every single day, you have to wake up and say, God, crucify my passions today. Get rid of all of my desires today. I want my heart, my passions, my desires to be what you want them to be. Not what Jake wants. Because you see, can I be honest with you? I'm telling you my flaws this morning. Jake, of the past, wants a full crowd. Jesus, of the present, wants a full spirit. Jake is concerned with how good can I do it? How well can I say my message? Jesus is concerned with how welcome their hearts receive it. Jake is concerned with, well, let me just do it about this amount of time so that nobody says anything, but, but the Spirit is saying, speak until that person feels it in their heart. Jake, I'm using me, I'll be the bad person. Jake is saying, if we could just this, and Jesus is saying, just be grateful for this. See, I'm so afraid that we live a life that's constantly trying to achieve these works of the flesh. We're trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and achieve and achieve that we never enjoy where we are. Can I tell you guys about how I told you already that the past year of my life has been an absolute crazy, awesome adventure? Coming into this building last March, preaching, Michael and Maddie were singing, not knowing anybody. And then all of a sudden, John calls me on Wednesday. My first thought was, I said something and made somebody mad. I'm never getting invited back there again. It's been insane. It's been crazy, guys. It's been so awesome. And I've learned that you guys, all of you, are some of the most welcoming, accepting, helping, loving, encouraging, and challenging people that I've ever met in my life. And so, in the midst of all of my trying to achieve what I, what, what I would love to see happen next, let me, maybe it's just for me today, to just take a moment and say, let me just be grateful for where we are. Let me just be grateful for what we have. The, the works of the flesh we're trying to achieve and achieve and achieve. Let me just enjoy today the fruit that's already been given. And so maybe today that's what you need to hear, because that wasn't in my notes at all, but maybe we just need to hear that, that we're all trying to get to that next level. Everybody wants the promotion. Everybody wants the bigger car, or in this church, the bigger boat, the bigger camper. Everybody wants the next thing. We're all trying to get to the next level. But maybe today should just be a day where as they sing this song, I have no idea what they're saying, but maybe it's just a day where we just say, God, let me stop trying to get to the next spot for just a second. And let me just enjoy the fruit that you've given me for today. Because the scripture says 
that those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. And so as they sing this song, maybe you need to crucify your flesh again. Maybe you need to ask God, can you help me to show this fruit in my life more every day? Maybe you just need to simply say, God, thank you for the fruit that you've given me. Wherever you fall into that category, as we sing this song, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. If you need to pray, the altar is open. If you want to pray at your seat, God will meet you right there. If you want to pray on your way home, God will meet you. It's one of the coolest things about God is that he's not confined to these four walls. And so if I was asking a question, I could say, so why sometimes are we? If God is not confined to here, why are we? So as they sing this song, I want to pray really quickly. And then let's worship. God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for the fruit that you speak of in Galatians 5. God, I pray today for the person that says, Jake, I'm just not seeing that fruit evident in my life. I pray that you would challenge them, God, that they would have a desire to see that fruit. God, I pray that you would burn inside them with a passion to make that fruit evident. God, I pray for the person that's constantly working, 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 trying to achieve the next thing. That God, maybe today their time will just be spent saying, God, thank you for the fruit that you give. God, let me for five minutes not be focused on the next goal. But let me just take a minute and say thank you. And God, I pray for the person who says, Jake, I, I feel like I do have those fruit. I feel like those things are showing up in my life. I pray that they would begin to have a desire not only for them to show up in their lives, but for them, for them to share them with other people in their lives. Guys, we sing this song. I pray that your fruit would be evident in this church. I pray that every time I come behind this podium, every time that I speak, God, that your fruit would be evident. God, I pray for James, and I pray for Michael, and I pray for whoever sings on this stage. God, that it would never become about how well can we sing, it would never become about listen to me, but God, it would be just nothing more than just an outpouring of fruit from the Father. So God, I pray today that we would see your fruit present in everything that we do. We love you, and we praise you.